Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float. I am exhausted today. I'm exhausted by months of shelter in place, and I'm exhausted by my business being held in limbo. We're still not open. We don't have an opening date. And I'm exhausted by the visuals of the pain and injustice I'm seeing all over America. I keep seeing all over my social media from my own family members, all lives matter. Yes, that's right. We shouldn't have groups of people crying out, I matter too. All lives do matter, and black lives matter. We do have people crying out. We have a system built to keep groups down while others succeed. And I implore you to take action where you can, whether it's peaceful protesting, making a donation, participating in local government, or using your business as a platform. We will continue to see our community, uh, excuse me, we will continue to see our community and extension of ourselves erupt again and again until proper change is made. Please be part of that change and fight for that change. Thank you. I'm Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon. Like I said, we are still two weeks out from opening and I truly am exhausted. This is Kim. Um, I am in Southern Indiana at Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave. And um, we've been open for about three and a half weeks now. Um, Started out um, just completely slammed. And then we've kind of slowed down a little bit since Memorial Day weekend. And um, just given all that's happening in the world right now, uh, the Louisville area um, has obviously made some big headlines. And um, that's right across the bridge from us. And so we're, we're really feeling that. This is Drew. And I am in Londonderry, New Hampshire. I have been open for about three weeks also. It has been slow. I've been taking my time and um, only open to members opening this week to the general public. And on one hand, I feel good about it. On the other hand, I really don't. It's a, a strange feelings that I have about everything that's going on. And it's just a really um, emotional time for me in particular. I don't know why, but this one's really affected me. The best man in my wedding was black. Or is black. He's my best friend. Um, one of my best training partners is black. And I just recently have started having conversations with them that maybe we should have had before, but we just never did. And so my focus isn't just on my business and um, it's just a strange time to feel good about opening, which is good. But with everything going on in the world, I don't feel good about it. So that's kind of where I'm at. This is uh, Gloria Morris with float 60 and uh, we have four locations and one of the locations opened about a week and a half ago. Uh, two of the locations in downtown Chicago were, we were planning to open them this week. And obviously Chicago, uh, you know, is a big uh, epicenter for a lot of the protests. And unfortunately that was joined with um, some violent rioting and, and whatnot that I really believe has nothing to do with the good going around the protest um, objective. So yeah, it's been a very emotional time to see uh, just the the violence and um, the destruction in multiple parts of, of this area. And so it's it's kind of a day by day uh, emotional stepping stone I'm taking every day to kind of figure out how to how to manage uh, through that and just be a part of uh, trying to get the community back up to a positive place. Well, um, the 
idea was that we we're going to have a show bringing on guests from around the country to talk about uh, the impact of reopening post post COVID, mid COVID, but uh, you know as states are opening up and cities and counties as it's all broken up. Um, and uh, and now we have uh, riots uh, occurring throughout cities as well, impacting business, impacting our emotional state, and making us rethink things uh, just in our in our personal lives and how we how we interact and what we're standing for, how we operate business. It, it does it's impacted me quite a bit. I know it's impacted a lot of people within the float community in different ways. Um, so we're. We're taking the same format. We're bringing guests on tonight, and we just have a lot more to talk about. We have a lot more processing to do as we go through all of this, and uh, we want to still talk about COVID. We want to talk about safety measures. We want to talk about the process throughout all of this um, of, of float centers and just know that there's more going on. Obviously, this, these episodes are timeless. You can never tell when these episodes are recorded, <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously uh, tonight that's very not true. So I'm excited to bring on our first guest. We've got Mark Gurley and Jennifer Gurley of Infinity Float Center. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah. So yeah, we're uh, we're located out in Houston, Texas. We we have one location uh, currently. We've been back open for about three weeks. Um, we do flotation, massage, and acupuncture. So the massage and acupuncture have only been open for about a week now. So we're still getting into some of the newer procedures for those. Mm. And uh, we've been open about three years. We actually had our three-year anniversary during COVID, during the shutdown. Uh, so we missed our three-year party. But mm. we're kind of with, with everyone else. It's been hit or miss. Uh, we had a huge rush in, uh, initially, and now it's tapered off. And we have busy days and slow days. So we're taking it day by day. Mark and Jennifer, are you guys seeing um, some of the civil disobedience or actual looting or rioting in Houston? Are you in the city near any of that? Is that going on in that community? So we're technically in Houston, but anyone who's been in Houston, we're like one of the most spread out cities in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really about 40 miles from downtown. Oh, wow. Uh, so we, there's zero evidence of that where we are. Um, they did actually just have a pretty big staged protest today because, um, obviously Houston is kind of a center point. The, the unfortunate gentleman that was killed is coming back to Houston is where he's from. So, um, so there's a pretty big protest, but right before this recording, we were kind of watching some of the, the, uh, news footage about it and it's been uneventful so far. Um, yeah, very peaceful and, and, and all that. There's been a couple of small incidents um, just related to it, but I would say probably not more than typical in, a, in Houston. Houston's a big city with a lot of mixed emotions, so uh, we haven't seen a, a large flare like some of the other areas. And prior to this all happening, we were going to ask about, you know, how you are doing uh, with the COVID situation going on. So are there any, I guess I have a couple of questions. Um, you know, what's the feeling of the people? Do people in your community think that businesses should be open? Are they supporting those open businesses? Are they, you know, um, shaming businesses for opening? And what kind of changes have you had to make to make people feel comfortable in your business? Um, the community as a whole is very ready to get back on its feet. 
Um, again, we're on the very south side of Houston, so I don't know if we're living in a different world in a small little bubble compared to the rest of the city or not. Um, but everybody down here is ready to move on. Um, as the weeks have gone by, um, you'd see everybody in masks, and then pretty soon all the masks were gone. People are in gloves, and the gloves are gone. Um, they kind of hit another peak about a week ago, but now you're starting to see them go away the past couple of days. Um, in our center, we require everybody to wear a mask, and everybody's been very compliant with that. Um, including guests. Including guests, yeah. Everybody has to has to wear one, all of us and anybody coming in. there's We have big signs, and we even have extra masks on hand just in case somebody comes in and is like, oh, I don't have mine. Like, well, here you go, buddy. You know, <laughs> welcome. Um, but people have been really okay with whatever it takes just so they can get in a float tank. And surprisingly, I've noticed the past week or so, we've had a, I didn't pull the numbers, but we had a big rush of brand new floaters, people that have never been in a tank before, just coming, right. just ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the very first rush was was members. I mean, we had members calling two, three weeks before we opened. Right. Um, a couple of them saying, you know, look, I'll be really careful. Just come and let us come and let us float. You know, <laughs> right. I've been floating with you <laughs> for a long time. Flip the key out of the mat. Kind yeah. Of mm-hmm. uh, so they were they were really excited. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a general feeling of uh, everyone is feeling fatigue. Right. It's just fatigue of the same news every day. Uh, fatigue of being at home with kids that you're not used to being home with and trying to homeschool and, you know, all that stuff. So I think there's a, there's, you know, it's the unfortunate silver lining to the situation that our, our business is probably more needed now than ever, right. With the type of uh, stress and everything going on. And we've seen a great, you know, pre, I mean, a really good, uh, response. We were really worried when you see things on the news about the people freaking out over having to wear a mask and going into a department store or retail place. Um, and we really coached the staff on, you know, how to, how to handle somebody who's belligerent and stuff. But obviously our clientele, I think probably self weed out um, quite a bit in that, in that regard. And we haven't had any, we had a couple people forget to bring masks but we give them one uh, that, that her parents made her, her mother's retired. And so she made us a whole bucket of, uh, of infinity float right. center. Branded the nice. We just hand them out for free for anyone who needs one. So yeah, it's been good. You know, the really funny thing is I had a guest who's um, one of our most loyal members ever came in. And as soon as she hit the door, she saw me, she, and she stopped, turned around went to her car and then came right back. And she had a baseball cap (laughs) because she felt so bad that she forgot her mask. She was just in the zone, like ready to hop in the tank. And she came in and she's covering herself with her baseball hat. (laughs) And she's like, can I please come in? I really need you today. And I was like, you're in room two. Go. (laughs) Hold your breath. Go. Hold your breath and get it. it." (laughs) But I appreciated that she was taking it seriously. Right. How has marketing been for reopening and post-opening for you guys? Really straightforward. Um, We called all of our members, um, every one of them. Um, We sent out a mass text because we opened the first week with just members, uh, not a mass text, mass email. 
um, letting everybody know, anybody that has ever been a member with us and set it up for them to let them know we're opening. Um, and then really just Facebook. Um, we've done one small newsletter since just when we opened massage and just to let people know what we're doing for sanitation and stuff and what the extra steps are we're taking to make sure everybody's as safe as possible. Um, and so it's been easy peasy, really. I think, I think the two things that we did was during the shutdown, we tried to still post regularly because yeah. uh, we were going up every day. We were, we were still doing our regular routine maintenance as practical, you know, doing temperature calibrations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we would post, you know, Hey guys, everything's ready for you. As soon as, right. as soon as we get back, they'll be ready, you know, doing things like that, just little tidbits. And then I think the other thing was, as she mentioned, you know, we we're very sensitive um, at, at our center. We have a love hate relationship with marketing and, uh, advertising and commercials and stuff. So we, we're very sensitive when we contact folks. Mm. Uh, but this is one of the few times we've, we've literally hand called every one of our members or past cool. and give them a personal phone call and just said, Hey, want to let you guys know we're going to be open on this date. If you're interested, come in. And we had a really good response mm. from it. Um, and uh, had some people come in and buy memberships right after we opened to the public. So yeah. we had a really good response. That's wonderful. Yeah. And and do you assume that trend will continue? Hoping. I mean I for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have to ask, you mentioned this love-hate relationship with marketing. You know, of course I had to chime in on this one. Um, so talk to me about your feelings about that. I'm curious about uh, your, your sentiment. So I, I think my, my issue is um, we, we've gotten just as a society over, over sold to um, everywhere we're going, we're seeing, commercial space being rented out in every visual area that you see, every auditory area, every tactile area, something is being sponsored by something that we want to buy, even if we didn't know we wanted to buy it. And uh, for just, it's a personal thing for both of us. I think probably me more than her. I'm just so overwhelmed with how much I get marketed to by different, different industries that it really, really, really bugs me when, I get a text or a phone call or an e- like my personal email is almost unusable because of all of the constant lists I'm uns- unsubscribing to. Yeah. And so when we got in business, of course, I mean, now we're in, we're, we're on both sides <laughs> of the fence. I, I need desperately need to get my message out. So it's been a very difficult thing for us. Um, we've tried, you know, and we've talked with, I think a couple of you folks actually over the years about different things we've tried. Um, with different uh, marketing, you know, third-party marketing consultant agencies and things like that. And, you know, I get the math. I, I understand the funnel and, you know, you got to reach a certain amount of people. You got to, you got to connect with them a certain amount of times. There's, there's a tried and true method to it. I understand the sales flow, uh, but I just don't like the pushiness of contact them seven times, then they'll come in. Right. Or mm-hmm. make sure you make sure you, um, you have to reach out, then follow up and follow up one more time. And, you know, make sure you have a, a fear of losing out message and mm-hmm. all these different things. I, I really, 
believe and what I, what I think we try to promote is we want our product to be so phenomenal that the few folks that we get in through direct communication or direct interaction go out and tell 10 of their friends that tell 10 of their friends. And if, and we, we actually are probably one of the few float centers that, man, I welcome other float centers to come to Houston. We, we just had a um, true rest open up not too long ago um, in downtown Houston. And I was thumbs up, man, you guys do all the marketing. You guys put up the, 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 the heavy ads and let them come to our place and let's just connect on, you know, let's compete on a, experience to experience yeah. level and then and then go from there so that that's my problem we still do marketing we do facebook stuff there's we have a, a, a huge billboard. ugly slash beautiful billboard <laughs> you really have, you have a love eight yeah, yeah right. <laughs> billboard is gorgeous but i just hate that there's billboards up you know um, and right. we get a lot of traffic from this billboard it's mm-hmm. it's a quarter mile from our shop and people people talk about it all the time interesting so I, I feel very similarly about Facebook in general. Like, yeah. although I would say Facebook's a lot uglier than a billboard, but it's, it's, yeah. there's horrible things yet. We reach so many clients through Facebook. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. And, and I think it's hurt us to be honest. I think mm-hmm. if we were a more aggressive marketing duo and sure. we pushed our employees to be more aggressive in their sales oh, right. and their, in their, um, their, you know, upsells and stuff, I think we would have, grown faster than where we are now Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, this, we feel better about where we're at now. Mark, I'm, I'm a marketing person. That's what I do. And I couldn't agree with you more. Like, yeah, I know that goes against everything that's out there, but I genuinely believe like your connection human to human, Mm -hmm. like that's what really, really works. Absolutely. Kim, I'm I thought you were going to say you were deeply offended by his remark. <laughs> Not a chance. I thought it was cut about 45 seconds right. ago, actually. <laughs> well, maybe we, we talk about this a little bit later with, with everybody else. Uh-huh. Uh, so, But I, I totally agree with that strategy, right? Mm-hmm. But you also... And you're not asking me for advice, so I'll give it to you anyway. Um, <laughs> you also have a world of people who don't know about you. And so mm-hmm. if you look at it in the context of that, mm-hmm. um, people who find out about you, it's truly a gift, right? Because mm-hmm. if they didn't find out about you through some other mechanism like that billboard, maybe you wouldn't give them a chance to be that person who walks into your float center and experiences the wonderful service and then goes out. So it's, you know, there's there's a lot that is good from what you're doing for sure. So, so I'll shut up on that. <laughs> I would love some marketing advice and to pick your brain to see what you're doing and what you suggest to see how that would fit in. Yeah. Because that, that's part of our problem is we're, we're so against it as a unit that it's, it's hard to find uh, how to even reach out and begin to do it in a, in a polite possible manner. Cause I find oddly enough, from opening a float center, I am further and further away from Facebook, you know, and yeah. I get on it simply because I have to occasionally post. Uh, I'm further away from the collective than I ever have been over the past year. Uh, my personal feeds, I I could care less, <laughs> you know. And I, if I want to find out what's going on with you, I'm going to call you, you know, mm-hmm. or you can call me. But yeah, 
to stay away because of all the extra stuff involved with that. Yeah, there's de- definitely a balance. Yeah. Uh, damn it, Gloria, you really stepped into a really hot topic here. It's good. I know. Marketing is I always could, such a I good couldn't topic. help myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. we, we're going to just, we got to have multiple Next. episodes on this. Yes. And, yes. and uh, the, the holistic marketing of, of like, I feel like what you guys are describing is something I still to some degree feel, but something that I felt so strongly for years after opening the float shop. And it, and now I'm going to cut myself off. So uh, <laughs> just for the record, Mark started it. Mark started it, not me. Gloria, not, I don't buy it for a second. Um, so I just want to let you guys know, you are more than welcome to continue. Um, uh, you don't have to like be silent as we bring on other guests. Please feel free to join the conversation. I do want to bring in Elliot from IMR Float. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Do you want to tell a little bit about your float center, where you're from? Yeah. So my name is Elliot Reed. Uh, I, have, I own IMR Float in Las Vegas, actually in Henderson, which is right outside of Las Vegas. And uh, I've, I've been open w- one year as of yesterday. I also, Yay! Uh, congrats. Yeah. We kind of lived in the last uh, stretch, but we survived the uh, shutdown. I probably had about 75% of my members that uh, kept their membership going to help support nice. us. Nice. So that was uh, a big help. And my landlord worked with us with deferring rents and we were able to get some funding. So yeah, uh, we reopened about two weeks ago. Um, it was kind of a rough start. The first, uh, part that I opened, I was actually shut down from the city after being open for two days. Um, I guess I wasn't supposed to open in phase one when oh, uh, wow. basically they allowed, uh, hair salons and nail salons to open. And I just kind of assumed um, I'm good. Like I don't touch people and, I opened and then the city actually came in and said that I, I technically wasn't in that class. So, wow. Yeah, it was pretty. So to be honest, um, I put the closed sign on and I stayed open for my members and I took care of my members. Uh, mostly I'm down to open four days a week right now. So uh, we're open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and nice. limited hours right now as well. But uh Basically, a lot of my members coming in have, uh, are so happy that I'm back. A lot of them said, I can't believe you even had to shut down at all. You know, if you think about floating one person per room, social distancing, zero contact, the fact that hair salons and nail could be open and a float center couldn't just was ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense. Right. But yeah, well, I'm, I'm still here and it's been uh, going pretty well. Elliot, what's the climate in Nevada? Are people, um, you know, kind of like they are in Houston? Are they wearing masks? Are they not wearing masks? Are they going up and down where they wear them, don't wear them? Is it, are you getting shamed if you don't wear a mask? Uh, What's it like over there? Yeah, so when it first started, uh, I would say about um, 80% of the people in the grocery stores were wearing them out and about. But I do live in Vegas, and right now the highs are 100 degrees. So the past week, it's been getting hotter and hotter here. And I think with everything going on, people are getting mask fatigue. So I'm seeing less and less uh, people wearing masks out and about. Um, At the center, uh, our staff, I'm wearing it. But uh, we do recommend it to customers that come in. Um, Honestly, I don't make it um, required here. And I would say about 50% that come in are wearing a mask. 
Can I back up for just a second? I yeah. know Drew's loaded with questions here, but I, I, <laughs> I'm curious, did you email all your clients when you opened to say we're open and then two days later had to close and then did you email them again? I'm just curious, what did that yeah. look like for you? What a I'll let you bummer. Know. So, exactly. So when, I, uh, so when they announced uh, stage or phase one out here, I first contacted, by, well, during the shutdown, I called each member by phone thanking them. I gave them an extra float credit and a sauna credit for nice. supporting us during the time. So I basically uh, gave them first dibs, uh, sent out an email just to the members who have been paying. Hey, we're opening on the uh, 16th. So I opened on a Saturday and the Sunday for the first two days. Nice. And I was pretty much booked solid with just my members and a lot of them that have had the credits that they were paying during the shutdown. And then from there, um, I did a mass email a few days later to my email list. We have about 600 on it for our center and slowly started filling up. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays were almost full. My first uh, two weeks open. And then uh, Mondays were kind of, you know, like 20% booked. So, um, but yeah, would that answer your question? I think so. Drew, you feel good? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. And then you said, then I was, uh, so I opened and then they, they shut me down, but I kind of cl- my door said I was closed, but I kind of was open on the DL. Right. So that's what I did. And what did your customers think of that, Elliot? They loved that's, it. that's kind of like a speakeasy style float center. Yeah. yeah. So they actually you- liked it. You know, I, they would text when they got here and I would come let them in. And they were behind, <laughs> they were all behind me 100% saying, you know, stand up for yourself. It's, it's not right that they can force you to shut down when it, a hair salon and a nail salon can be open. The liquor store is open. The smoke shop is open. You know, Walmart's packed, but I, I have to close my doors. It didn't make sense. Yeah, I, I have definitely definitely have mixed feelings about this. Like we have some controversy out here in Oregon with this woman who um, started to go, not a go, uh, pay, uh, yeah, GoFundMe to raise money for herself. Um, meanwhile, she was charging rent the entire time to her other hairstylist and was doing a speakeasy for haircuts. And so that I thought was totally jacked, like forcing them to work and pay rent. But at the same time, once the reopening happens and what we've learned about the virus so far, it, it is extremely frustrating um, knowing that I, I still don't necessarily think that floating is essential, but for a lot of people, the pain that they feel is very essential, like the pain relief that they get from floating. And all, like you described, all the precautions that we have already in place, uh, I, I sympathize majorly with you. Right. The fact that there's zero contact, you know, I, I actually appealed it to the city manager and they denied it. So luckily, really, uh, yeah, I did. I tried. I really fought it all, all that I could. But then I just kind of kept quiet. And the local city, they don't work on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So those were the main days I was open. So honestly, I knew that they would have. I got a verbal warning. And then after that, it was a written warning, and then it was a fine, oh, and it was just pull your business license. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stretch it. If I get a written, I'll, I might yeah. stop. But <laughs> I always live on the edge, so you know. <laughs> Elliot, did you make any changes um, to your float center now that you're actually open? Was there any, any drastic changes that you made? Uh, well, one of the main ones I actually made right before this, which was uh, longer transition times. Mm-hmm. When I opened my center, I did 60-minute uh, floats on 90-minute blocks, which is what a lot, I know a lot of other float centers do. But by giving that 60-minute um, float with the hour cleanup, um, it really uh, – now we have the extra time to clean and, you know, that time to connect with the customers. 
So that was one that I was going to do, but you know, I already had, which was in place. Um, the other change was just uh, changing to the H2O2, you know, more thorough uh, cleaning. I got a different canister that I used to spray the whole room, spray the Tacaron. Um, so maybe just a little bit more thorough in my disinfection. Unfortunately, we removed the, uh, you know, the guest book. We had really cool sketchbooks, coloring pencils, uh, water station, uh, pillows and comfortable blankets in our Zen room, which I'm kind of bummed out about that clients don't get the full experience that my float center used to be. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. making the best for it. And a lot of them do understand. Another thing is my hours are drastically cut. I went from six days a week from a 10 to nine to uh, four days a week from 10 to five right now. So basically I'm only running four floats per room uh, per day right now, just to kind of build that momentum back up. And my members understand, and I've been filling up. So I think after those hours fill up, I'm gonna add a 6 p.m. float, and then I'm gonna add my Thursday back. So kind of slowly add, but my Mondays and Fridays aren't, they've only been about 50, 20 to 50% booked. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of kind of wait and judge when those days fill up. I'm going to add another yeah. day of business. Very smart. Yeah. yeah. Are, and you know, you there's, the- I was just going to say, there's something really, really sweet about that, about just the, the slowness. And like you said before, mm-hmm. the opportunity to really connect with people and to have those conversations where even if you have a little longer window, um, it's still in the back of your mind of like, Oh, I got, I got, I got to get them out of the door in like four minutes in order to get this place ready and turned. So, you know, we've really enjoyed that part and might be keeping a little bit longer. We already had a fairly long, you know, we had 30 minutes between um, appointments already and we might be keeping a little bit longer right now. We have 90 minutes. That's, that's probably a little excessive um, in the long term. Um, but there's something just really nice about it, especially if you're a one man show, you know, running the place by yourself and you don't have people like you can get really worn out. So it's a nice balance. Yeah. And really connecting with those customers is mm-hmm. so key and getting them to either sign up for a membership or come back more often. And I always try to go above and beyond and, you know, really listen to the customers, really ask them about their float and give as much feedback as possible. Oh, I have to say, Ellie, you do a great job. I can't remember the name of the guest that recently said that he uh, was in Vegas and went to your place and uh, really, really enjoyed it. I'll have to okay. see if I can find the, the guest name. So well awesome. done on that. Thank you. Thank you. You have no employees, right? Uh, well, that's another thing. I guess that's another change. Right before the shutdown, I had two employees uh, that just started. One of them uh, left right before the shutdown, literally like two days before he uh, he quit for um, another position. Yeah. And then my other guy, awesome employee, uh, he stuck with me through the shutdown and he came back and uh, he was working for about a week. And then he left for a job that was paying more with benefits that could give him more hours. And he, he was also about to have a baby with his wife, their first one. So he needed something that was stable. That was literally right after the city told us we had to shut down. So I lost my star employee. So right now I'm working the hours. My business partner, uh, Erica, she's me and her splitting the hours right now. Um, So that's basically what we're doing, but I'm actually looking to hire right now. But then we're facing that same thing we're facing at our massage location is a lot of our therapists are making a thousand dollars a week or more on unemployment and to come back to work, 
now we would have to pay them a lot more, which I know a lot of businesses are dealing with right now. So I'm even going to have to increase probably what I was starting to pay at just to get a really good candidate in here. Yeah, that, that is definitely something. So why is an interesting in position to yeah. outpay unemployment? Like you're, you're right. competing for employees with unemployment. It's so wild. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah, I'm looking. So it is a lot. I'm, I'm still here a ton of hours. And before, you know, I'd work this place open to close on my own. But having these uh, days off, like today I was closed. I did a nice hike this morning, disconnected from everything. I'm really just been floating a lot during the shutdown. I floated maybe four or five times a week. You know, I came in here and it was great. So not opening and burning out. I think that's probably mm. a good tip for a lot of float centers is mm. going full speed after you were, you know, at home for a long time, you could easily burn out again. So just right. having that right. limited schedule, I'm actually really uh, enjoying it. And sales have been decent and, you know, I've still been busy and it's just condensing all my clients instead of yeah. being here, you know, 12 hours and they're all scattered. They're just yeah. all in one block. We, we just had an employee meeting today, um, talking about potential burnout, even just like cleaning the shop, detailing it, getting ready before we open. Cause we're still at least two weeks out. Um, but that's a great reminder of, Oh, we don't have to have a full week schedule available. We can minimize that. That's a really good reminder. Thank you. I'm going to introduce our next guest here. Um, in part of uh, an ad read here, we're just throwing away the paper. We're throwing away the script. We're just going to get real for a second here. Let me welcome Michael, new owner of Float Brothers. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. Such Absolutely. With, um, with people I've watched for, for many years and, and have a lot of respect. And this industry is, is amazing. Um, talking about the grassroots aspect of marketing, talking about um, of, of the push and pull because it's the push and pull of the world is what's happening inside of the float pod. You know, we're at a tipping point and things are spilling over and we need to find that buffer to have more patience mm. and less technology. Um, I bought the center um, after I had a, an experience of trying to build another center in, um, in Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, Naples area. Um, we have money down on a lease. It all went south. Um, and because of that experience, I was introduced to the float collective and because of an ad on the float collective, um, I ended up moving eight hours to the North. And, uh, if you can see the shirt here, if you <laughs> yeah. go straight up the state and you go due West, you change time zones and I am barely in the state of Florida. So, uh, I'm an hour from Pensacola, um, another hour uh to the border of, of alabama and about four hours from um from atlanta so it's been a hundred days of, of operations of understanding um how to clean the pod and uh -huh. the hair police um you know we they taught me in the transition uh one of the longest and most um intense cleaning regiments i've ever experienced so nice. Uh, the, you know, we're working 12 hour shifts, 9am to, to 9pm. Um, and, and you've got, you've got an hour, hour and 20 minutes of cleanup to roll four mats, to spray every room, to squeegee from head to toe because of how the, uh, how the, the salt crystallizes. And there's um, something else that you've been learning how to do, 
which is scheduling clients. <laughs> yeah, so um, you guys are talking about staggering blocks and, and, um, and having everything blocked. And if I didn't have Float Helm to be able to integrate um, with, with my customer interaction, with my database, with, with all the simplicity of how it emails the, uh, the clients, how yeah. it sets the, sets the schedules, um, and then it, it, in addition, emails receipts. So you know, I don't need to be worried about the receipt or the time of sale or bill of sale. So uh, without Float Helm, I would be spending a lot more time away from marketing, away from customers, mm. and, uh, and not have as clean of pods. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, You're um, saying Float Helm helps your, your pods stay clean. It actually makes sense. That's great. It, it does. You know, the extra time that I can, I can focus because I know that, that that part of the business is solid um, certainly makes it, makes it more specialized. Um, and, and was it grandfathered in to you from the old business when you took it over? Right. And then learning that story of their transition period because we're the second oldest float center in the state of Florida hmm. um, behind East Coast floats. Uh, we were established in 2016. So uh, we're on to our fifth year now. And they did the changeover uh, in about mid-2017 um, or early 18. Okay. So it's also interesting seeing some of those clients come back that were from the old system because we, aren't, we don't have that integration of knowing how much they floated, what days of weeks, mm-hmm. um, having the notes that, that some women need an extra towel, towel because their hair is, is a bit more problematic. Um, and just all that, all that comes along with the appointment setting and, right. and everything else. So, right. Um, um, definitely vital. well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. it's always nice to get a firsthand hoorah for, for float helm. And, um, I will say, first of all, you can get a tour at floathelm.com. That's where you can schedule. They'll walk you through everything that it does. And I would also just like to add that when we recently, we only recently switched fully over to float helm. We've been using them kind of like 50 50 for a very long time. Um, and we finally switched all the way over. We were most nervous about losing our, um, clients data. They can, I don't know if they weren't able to previously, or is because we moved from a different company that they're able to do it from, but they were able to get all of the information about our clients. So we know who needs that extra towel, who needs an extra, um, uh, float halo, all of that kind of stuff. So I, um, just want everybody to know that that is, you can have a nice smooth transition for all of your clients at this point, but enough about this amazing product known as float helm. Let's talk a little bit more about your business and, um, how you as a newer owner are, um, handling shutdown. Uh, I assume that you had a strong customer base. So you know, we- Michael, can I ask you one question before you start on that? Yes, when, when did you officially take over at float brothers? December 20th. Okay. So you had a few months under your belt, but only a few months. I was in my hundredth day of of understanding operations. That that breaking point of, of trying to progress with my marketing. Um, Luckily I, I spent so long on the acquisition of the business and going back and forth with the landlord and, and all these other things that um, a lot of my marketing budget went to my security deposit. So um, you know, a six month security deposit was not, uh, something that I anticipated. Um, wow. That's seriously? crazy. I've never that heard of crazy. such a thing. Luckily, How is that even? What? Six months. Yeah, I had to spend more money on, on legal and it was a whole thing, but in Goodness. retrospect of the pandemic and us not having money coming in, 
uh, I've been able to use two months out of my six month security deposit toward the oh, rent. That's so, good. That's, that's good. I'm awesome. glad they let you do that. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange how that unfolded. Um, but Florida has some weird, weird lease laws. I spent a few years in private residential, but commercial, like there's some weird stuff that, that happens there. So into, I, I had to bring an attorney in halfway through the deal. They wanted 6% of my revenue. Um, they wanted me on a uh, <laughs> seven year, seven year lease. Um, the two previous owners um, were, are still on the lease for one more year, as well as one of the owner's um, ex-wives is also on the lease that, I'm not sure if she knows she still is on this lease. <laughs> well, we she does now. Mama Mia. Holy we, mother. We've girl. unpacked some worms here. Wow. We've unpacked some Plus a pandemic, plus um, riot, riots and protesting. But 2020's been good. But yeah, but I'm in such a strange place in the world. I don't know if any of you know where Destin is. Um before yeah. us, before yeah. us the post on the float collective um i did one of these i was like i hope it's near orlando or only a few hours away because i actually did not know where destin was on the map and then i googled it and it said it was eight hours and 20 minutes away um so oh i i am fascinated with your story i mean you didn't know where this town city (laughs) was you you went through this hell of building your own place and then not do, not going through with that and then all of the red tape that you went through. I mean, you persevered, man. That is really really <laughs> inspiring. In two years, and then I bought a business that in the hundredth day we kind of the whole economy shut down. So um, that's okay. It sounds well, like you're the guy yeah, that's going to okay. make it work. Right. It's right. I mean, if you've right. gone through Seriously. all of that, that but, uh, shows some serious uh, skin. So um, Drew and I had a, had a good 20 minute conversation um, yesterday and I can get into kind of long stories about, about what's been happening over the pandemic. Um, one thing that I do want to say most notably was um, I spent a lot of time in the pod. One being a new owner um, really having the ability to have my own facility, not being burnt out from having to build it. Um, Everyone remembers mm-hmm. those early days when you were floating all the time. He's in the... I've been so busy in this transition over the past three and a half months. Um, I had two employees that I recently hired. I got a manager that's still explaining things to me. So I'm literally hiring new employees and I don't even know what I'm doing. Totally. So... Like the, and then we go into this tailspin. So the one employee, you know, uh, unemployment's uh, more profitable and less work. So he's gone. Uh, another one was, was younger and she's gone. Uh, my manager's still with me. Um, nice. I don't take any, I haven't taken any salary because it's all going right back in. So just this, this transition of now he's helping. I've got two new hires again. Um, and we're open other we're closed Wednesday. Other than that, we're open from nine in the morning to nine at night. So 12 hours a day is, is quite the shift. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting to, to say the least to the, to the journey and to the pandemic. And um, so sad how this all came to this, this tipping point. I'm from Minneapolis originally. Um, so to watch 170 buildings burn to the ground, several of which I knew uh, people that were, that were, 
the owners of those places. Um, and now more than ever, floating is, is so important and so valuable. And we're, we're teachers, we're educators to continue to get it out there to new people, to give them experiences and make it as comfortable as possible and explain all the ways to not get salt in your eye or your mouth or uh, you're not going to be an excited person um, for, for this first experience. One thing about being in Florida and Northern Florida and a, and a smaller population that's, it's got a lot of tourism is um, it was more liberal here. So the shutdown uh, started later. Um, it was less aggressive um, and I didn't have anybody checking in on me and, and making sure that um, no verbal warnings, no written warnings. Um, we took really limited hours um, and served our members, kept to social distancing. We're a four-pot float center only, so there are no other options. Um, and just kept to you know double the cleaning that I was already doing, Clorox wipes on, on the pods um, and every which way, um, staggering blocks. So we would have a 9 o'clock float, but we would block out 11, and then we would be have a 1 o'clock float, we would block out 3, and then we would have a 5 o'clock float. Nice. So, uh, more time in between. Uh, we ended up having one pod crash um, during the pandemic, which having four pods, it didn't matter because we had no one virtually coming anyway. Um, so I guess- Michael, what's the, what's the clientele like? I, when I think of Florida, I think a lot of, um, how do I say, old people? Do you have a <laughs> lot of older people who would be- uh, How do I say? You know, yeah. I <laughs> so you've got your tourist population um, that is uh, a lot of people that can drive here from from a three to five hour radius. So from New Orleans to Atlanta is huge. Uh, the Car- the Carolinas, um, but the biggest thing that people don't think about is Eglin Air Force Base is one of the largest um, military air force and then the navy uh being in pensacola so this whole region of the panhandle is very military specific um and it's, do you work it's, with the military at all so we have had contracts in place for the past four years with the air force um the 25th intelligence squadron um what we do is we give them a uh, a reduced price um we give them the 90 minute float for uh, the 60 minute price. So $50 and um, they roster um, the soldiers as they come back, back and forth from deployment. Um, So we've had probably over 500 um, Air Force um, soldiers come through. And then once it gets to 25 floats, uh, we bill the US government and the Air Force as a preventative uh, measure for PTSD, a preventative measure for suicide, um, and other spoils of war all the way around. Wow. Uh, and that, and uh, I'm that sorry. podcast about that another time. <laughs> yeah, <right? should> <laughs> wow. Uh, was that set up before you, you took over? Yes. So I did inherit that, um, which is, which is pretty crazy and amazing. And there's another story on top of it. And I know I don't want to eat up all the time as there's, there's the rest of us, but, um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, Um, In the morning, we give three slots away to veterans that have PTSD to float for 90 minutes for free. Wow, cool. So because of that program and because of the two brothers that I bought the business, that Mm. free PTSD program got us the Air Force contract. 
Nice. Wow. Nice. Fantastic. Awesome. Well done, Flute Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then just, um, you know, so much of this business is giving back to silent auctions, continuing to have that grassroots um, foot for everything. And and you don't know where your marketing leads are going to come from, um, but you got to continue to put yourself out there and create that, that experience. So, uh, Mark, I, I hear what you're saying on the, <laughs> on the advertising. I'm so glad you flipped that to uh, Mark because I was dying to. Glad, <laughs> glad you took me off the hot seat to do that. But yeah, I think that's, that's great. Um, and I, I think that it's, you know, really not a sales tactic. It's a service that you're making available, right, for a very important program. And, you know, again, it's a kind of a gift that you provide for this uh, niche segment of people who really need it. So well, well done. You never know where the leads are going to come from or who's going to take the value of the experience. And, and it's that balance of, of over-marketing or not marketing enough of saying the right thing. And that also is when people come to our centers, people have their own construct of what it is. So you got to let them figure it out for themselves just enough so that let them ask questions before, um, before over-telling them how they're supposed to feel about, about floating or what they're supposed to feel um, in the pot. So it's that push-pull of marketing, that push-pull of, of life and, and having um, our new motto is going to be make help available. So, I like that. That's excellent. In, in these times where people just need somebody to listen, and if, if they need a free float and they need a, a helping hand and, and whatever we got to do to incentivize people to know there are other options than violence, there are other options than suicide, there are people that care, there are businesses and infrastructure in the world that are unconditionally there to help support people that are having misfortunes or, or frustrations and sadness and, and most certainly in this business, depression. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. My goodness. Um, Yeah, I think we will need to follow up on this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Drew, is there anything? Drew, is there anything you want to ask before we wrap up here? Uh, No, I just wanted to give a a opportunity for Mark or Elliot or Michael to ask any questions that they might have. Um, I absolutely want to say thank you for coming on and sharing what you have going on and it definitely seems like uh the things are a little bit different depending on your community and um but yeah i don't know if you you guys have any questions for anybody or i we do all the talking generally but if anyone was sitting behind the scenes there wondering anything i guess give you an opportunity to ask a question yeah please The, the biggest question or comment that i want to add in closing is that um we're drawing such a diverse crowd here that are, are the travelers that are the locals that are, are the military and everything. Um, and I just want to kind of give, take my hat off to everybody on this, on this, uh, this podcast to say as an industry, these leads that are coming in, these people that are finding floating the education that you guys don't know that you're putting out there that people are getting years later, um, is really, you know, 65% of my business is, is new floaters. Um, so how they're getting information, where they're coming from, how they're learning about floating, everybody keep up the good work because 
I'm getting lots of leads from everyone. And I know Rogan created and launched the platform, but once you get past Rogan, you're getting to all of you. And I'm seeing that as an industry coming into a learning and researching this business for so many years and now taking over from someone else and seeing the, the trends and the shifts, the needs and the, and the diversity of the education that comes along with getting people into these pods. Nice. Thank you. Elliot? Yeah, I'll just say uh, just kind of a comment to everyone. Just uh, I know times are tough, but stay positive. Um, clients really depend on us. They really need us. Uh, the tool that we provide to them is, is life-changing. And as owners, we need to be in the tank ourselves. I know we're busy, but make time for you is what I always tell my customers. And I make time for me. Schedule your float, even if you have to block it actually on the schedule. But uh, take care of yourself and uh, stay positive. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think from our side, we were talking before the podcast started of kind of the message we wanted to to send out in terms of positives and concerns. And I think, again, I'll, I'll go back to the silver lining, right? What we do collectively as a, as a group is much more needed now than it was three months ago. Um, so I think we need to keep doing that and keep offering that experience. I think we also need to be hyper vigilant on, you know, making sure our centers are safe spaces for people to come in um, both both, you know, from a health standard and emotional standard and, you know, not, not to feel like we're, we're using a platform or preaching, but also, you know, one, one small slip, man, of COVID found in a float center is going to, is, is going to reverberate around everyone. And I think in the society we're in, you know, all of these things, I think in six months when the big part of this has really died down, you're going to start hearing little stories about this type of uh, type of thing. So I would just caution everyone to be vigilant, you know, keep, keep the cleaning practices up, keep the social distancing up as much as possible. Um, even after everything returns to hundred percent open, um, you know, I think this is kind of a, a wake up call for the next X number of years, really in terms of we share this planet with a lot of other humans and we're kind of filthy animals. So, we need to uh, we need to be clean. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't awesome. have said it better. We're filthy animals. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the rest I love of the that. stuff. Ah, okay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> a little self-absorbed sometimes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> no, I think that that is great information, and I, I completely agree. I think um, a lot of the things that we're doing to improve our sanitation are going to hopefully stick around. Like, let's take just make sure it's the safest environment possible. A lot of people we have floating are immunocompromised. They're people, they're the vulnerable population coming in. So let's do everything we can to make sure that they're safe. I love it. Thank you. Ah, Kim, Gloria, Drew, thank you guys for joining us tonight. And of course, to all of our guests, thank you guys so much for joining and sharing what's going on in, in your parts of the country. My goodness. Um, like Drew said, it is wildly different everywhere. We got a speakeasy going on. <laughs> what is the password, so, Elliot, by yeah, the way? Yeah. <laughs> to the speakeasy. 
password is <laughs> loading. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to, after the show, we're going to talk to you about password and data encryption. I'll help you out a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> can I borrow your laptop, by the way? I, uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you, Mark. Well, thank, thanks everybody for joining. And uh, let's see here, a few things to wrap up before we go. Uh, thanks so much to Kim for taking show notes live every episode. I uh, really appreciate that. Thanks to Drew for producing today's episode. Thanks to me for mixing. Oh, I don't really have to do any mixing tonight because it's a Zoom audio call. That's great. Uh, and uh, thanks to Floataway for supporting the show. They've been with us since the beginning. They're making the float rounds, what they're used at Liber, uh, some beautiful float tanks and Tranquility float tank, what I have at the float shop. Um, we replaced that float tank and we knew we couldn't replace it with anything else. We just replaced it with another Tranquility or else... Uh, our clients would stop coming to the float shop. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice tank. And um, although we added the bells and the whistles, some, some uh, starlights in the ceiling, that kind of thing. Floataway.com is where you want to go to check them out. Uh, let's see here. What else? Thanks to, for listening, of course. Um, I am floored every time I occasionally look at the numbers of who's listening to the show. I'm uh, amazed that people are um, listening as much as they do regularly and um, catching up on all the previous episodes as well. So thank you. Thanks to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. Um, I should put it out there that we are doing one more month of $15. We'll get you all of our content uh, on Patreon. So um, as you're opening up, we don't want to break your bank. So $15 gets you all the float photography, all the athletic float photography and video. Um, so I know you hate marketing, but if you want to put something out there that gets somebody's eyeballs, uh, you can feel free to use that content again for just $15. And we'll see if people want to pay back up to 30 and 40 and $50 after all of this. Aye, uh, we'll see. So um, beyond that, as always, Elliot, I will tell you about extreme hair maintenance after the show. We'll see everybody <laughs> next week. Bye.